0: Uh, I've met some of you. I've seen you others in church. My name's Tom, and I'm part of the congregation. And the pastor, who's in Panama, has asked me if I'd come and lead you tonight. And so I've I've elected to do something maybe a little different than I don't I don't usually come on Wednesday nights. So I'm not sure how the pastor does it on Wednesday nights. So I'll uh, I'm I'm winging it. So we'll see how it goes. Also, this seems a little loud. (laughs) I may not even need it, but uh, is it too loud for you all? No, you're fine. It just seems like it. Woo, woo, woo. (laughs) Well, I have been known to do that, (laughs) but not in this. I don't plan on doing it today, uh, tonight. So. Let me give you my outline. We're going to be looking at uh, Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. And my outline is very simple. What does the passage say? Point number one. What does the passage say to me, point number two, and point number three, what am I going to do about it? I've come to the conclusion that that really is the way that we should study the Bible, all of us. And in fact, I think that probably is the way that every Sunday school teacher, every Every uh, small group should carry on. What does the scripture say? What does it say to me? And now, I need you to hold me accountable for what I tell you that it says that I'm supposed to do about it. I know we don't do that in our Sunday school classes. We don't like to be held accountable, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that one when we get there. So, I'm reading out of the new, the new American Standard version. Uh, you may have a different version, different translation, and that's fine. For it is just like a man, about to go, on a journey, who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to another one, each according to his abilities. He went on his journey, and immediately the one who had received five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who received two talents gained two more. But he who received one talent went away, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of the slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who received five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted me with five. See, I've gained five more talents. His master said, Well done, good and faithful slave. You, ha- you were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Also, the one who had received Two talents came and said, Master, you have entrusted two talents to me. See, I've gained two more. He said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And The one who had received one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering, where you had scattered no seed. I was afraid. I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have it what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reaped where I did not sow and gathered, where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank, and on my re- arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him, and give it give it to the one who has ten talents. For to every one who has more shall be given, and he who ha- who and he will have an abundance. But the one who does not have even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing us to study it. Thank you for allowing us to appropriate, into, appropriate it into our lives and help us to apply it to what, we, what you want us to do. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. So when we go about studying the Bible, the first thing that we need to do is to see the context. And so in this case, what are the scripture verses just before it and those just after it? What, are, what, what do you see there? You can just tell me the title of, that, of the sections if you've got titles in your, in your Bible. See, this is the part that I didn't think that he probably did. It's the parable of the ten brides. Okay, ten bridesmaids. And what about after? The judgment. So in, in those cases, both cases, what we're looking at is faithfulness, right? So we can presume that this... These, this uh, These verses about the talents also deal with faithfulness. The whole concept of faithfulness, because he was on a roll when he was giving all these these parables. Now, when you're studying the Bible, there's also parallel sometimes because the Bible likes to repeat itself. If you don't if you see it in one place, you're more than likely to find that same concept, or at least the same and maybe even the same story, someplace else and which kind of fills in some of the details that you may not find in the passage that you're reading. So do you, do you recognize this as being someplace else in the Bible? Those of you that have Bibles that tell, give you cheats, you probably already know. Where? Luke 19. And that passage is slightly different in that passage, they're talking about minas as opposed to talents. Uh, a mina at that time was about three months' wages. A talent was about $1,000, just kind of to kind of give you the context. What, it, 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 do you remember any other differences? I, I know you've read the, that parable as well. Do you remember any other differences? There's one big one. He did, but a difference what, do you, do you remember one difference big difference in that one there are ten slaves or ten servants, in this one there's three, and we'll come back to the other seven uh, and i'll tell you what I think might might be the situation there but uh, so. Now, let's, let, let's kind of talk a little bit about what this passage says. You're there, you're sitting at Jesus' feet, he's talking, he's telling you a parable. What are the words that you're hearing? I don't want you to tell me what you think you're hearing, I just want you to tell me what the story is. Well, let's start earlier at the beginning who's he and who's them master and the servants okay and so the master what did he entrust them what did he do give them <laughs> okay <laughs> he gave them talents we, we think of talents as skills, but in that day and age, talents was, may have been bags of gold, <laughs> uh, probably silver. But uh, So he gave them part of his possessions. He gave them a, a, something that belonged to him, and they were supposed to do something with it, right? What were they supposed to do with that? Okay, go ahead, speak a little louder. Okay, they were supposed to use it productively to, get, to gain more of, of some asset that they then could turn back and give to the, uh, uh, the master. In the, in the uh, other parable, he's a king, okay? And so what happened? One of them got how much? Five. One of them got how much? Two. and One of them got how much? One. Okay? And so the guy that got five, and I presume it was a guy, I have no clue. It doesn't say whether it was a guy or a gal. But, you know, maybe I'm a Yankee, and so I'm using guy in a generic form. Uh, so the person that received five... What did he do with it? He doubled it. He was sharp. He took it out, invested it, and doubled his his master's assets. The guy that received two, the person who received two, what what happened in his case? He doubled it as well. Sharp guy. Went out, invested it, doubled the master's assets. The guy that did one, what happened? What? He hid it. He dug a hole, buried it, hoped that nobody would find it. Maybe he sat on it for however long it was I don't know (laughs) and uh and when the master came back he called his servants in and he said oh all right now it's time for an accountability we're going to have an accountability time here and so he calls them in and what happens They told him what, he, what they had done, what each one of them had done, and what, what did the master say as a result of the guy that, the person that brought back five? What, what was his, what was the master's reaction? He was excited. Did a great job. And so, okay, we're going to explore that in a moment. Okay. Now, what happened to the next guy? Same reaction. He was excited. What about the third guy? What happened? He was disappointed. He said, "You're kind of, you're kind of a nobody to me, aren't you? You, you didn't even, you didn't even do." What didn't he do? What? What? What was the master at least expecting that he would have done? Put it in the bank and and at least earn interest. Uh, when I preached this, when I when I labeled this message, I um, I labeled it as the risk of playing it safe. I think, uh, and, and we're going to get there in a moment, but a, a lot of us play it safe. But, you know, we're, what the master was saying to this guy is that you lost me money. Playing it safe didn't, it, actually, you brought back less than what you, because inflation has eaten away at my earning power from whatever it is that I gave you. And so he was upset. Now, we're jumping far afield and now we get to your question and, the, and also the seven. You know, in the other parable there were seven that came back. My, my perception of not only this one but the other one is that the master was more upset at the guy that buried it than at the seven that didn't come back and came back with nothing. I mean, we presume that they, the reason they didn't come back or the reason they're not reported is because they did something with it, they, they went out, they tried, and they blew it. So my presumption is that if, if the guy with five had come back and, and only gotten seven as opposed to ten, then, you know, he because he was trying. He was trying to do something. The master, you know, we never hear him get upset at those seven in the the other parable. He never says, boy, those guys are terrible. He only talks about the one guy that didn't even try as terrible. Throws him out, takes the one away from him, and gives it to the guy that has... 10. So the next question then is what does this say to us? I mean, we've talked about what it said back then, what the words say. But if the Bible is alive and continues to speak to us today, it has a message for you and me right now. Not just the message that was said 2,000 years ago, but a message that, that's alive and well and vibrant right now, and I think we're in Oklahoma City, right? In Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. So what does it say? What's the message? What, are we, what do we hear out of this? Okay. And and by talents what are we talking about? Okay. It, 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 are we only talking about that? I mean, what's the what is the talent in this scripture verse? Money. Okay. So, we're not just talking, I mean, we we get a little confused with the word talent because that's the our word in English for an ability, a skill set. Back then, their word for talent was, was money. Was a, was a, actually, it was a bar of silver. So, what, what other things do we hear? I have a list of things that it said to me, but I don't want to tell you those because I'd like to hear from you. I only have until 7.30. Somebody's got to talk. There's an okay. There's a accountability coming. What else does it say? Okay. Am I doing something with what I've been given? Now, that presumes something else that I thought somebody would have said earlier. The master wants to see faithfulness from his servants. Okay, but that's not what I was fishing for. (laughs) That's a good one, though. Everybody has something. I mean, all all of the servants got something, right? None of them were just kicked out the door and said, here, you do something with nothing and come back and I'm going to ask you what you did with nothing, right? They all got something. So the first thing it says to me is, I have something. I may not know what it is, but I've got something that's useful to the kingdom. Right? So what's, what else? Now, it, it, it's more apparent over in the, in the Mina parable... Uh, Then in this one, when they finally give the, the, in the Mina ones, they're actually given charge of cities, and the one with one is given another city to rule. So, and there's something that people say about it. Do you remember what that story and what happens there? Well, they say, Why in the world did you give it to him? He already has 10. You remember? You heard that story before? At home from your kids? We're always comparing. Well, he got five, and I only got two. Well, I only got one, and so I just couldn't do anything with my one If you'd given me five, I could have done something really great with it. You've never heard that? Well, that seems to be, at least to me, one of the messages that's coming across it here is that that's the one that hit it. Basically, that's one of the things that's coming across, or at least to me. Maybe I'm just that way so you know don't, don't look too judgmentally at me what else okay we're all given something and and we've already clarified that talents isn't necessarily skills so what else Okay, okay. (laughs) Okay. You know, and and I've heard this said in another way in our context today when we talk about, is your glass half full or half empty? You know, we complain, well, my glass is half empty. that is true and that's my point it doesn't make any difference how much liquid is in your glass it's full of something air is normally the rest of it but it's always full of something so you don't have a half empty or half full you have all and that was you know the message that the the master was trying to tell the The one servant that got the one I gave you as much as you could handle. That's the next thing that it teaches me is that God gives me what I can do with with what He knows that I can handle. You know, I I, you know I I don't run a multi billion dollar company. I don't know that I would know how to run a multi-billion dollar company. One of you guys probably could come up and tell me how I'm supposed to do it. But I'm sorry, I don't know how to do that. But I do the best with what I have where I am. And that's what I'm supposed to is what I hear. Um, One other thing that I'll point out, and and that comes back to the your question the one that lost it all we might refer to him as a miser you know he was hoarding and one of the things this scripture verse says to me is that you know i need to be more generous I need to be more risk-taking. I need to be out there doing, putting it on the line. I need to be out there taking, doing with what I've got and if I don't get the, if I don't double, it's alright. As long as I'm doing something for the Master. And I, I, I don't need to be hoarding and holding on hoping that I'll make it to the end, kind of thing. at least that that's the message that comes across to me in this. So, do you remember the first the questions that we asked at the beginning? What was the first one? What does the passage say? Second one? What does it say to me personally? And you know the things that it says to me is... I, like everybody else, have something I can offer the Master. I'm supposed to do with what I have as best I can. I'm not supposed to hoard it. I'm not supposed to hide it. I'm not supposed to keep it for myself. I'm supposed to be out there. And, and it's alright if I risk it all because that's what it's there for. And not only that, but I have all that I can handle. And I, you know, I don't need to be upset at this guy because he has ten times more than I do. God gave him some abilities that he didn't give me. So he can do it. I need to be his cheerleader. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. And in turn, I'm hoping he'll be my cheerleader. Do it. Do it. Chug, chug. You can do it. You can do it. You know, the little engine that could. I'm the little engine. Where he's the big locomotive. Uh. So, what's the third? Say it a, maybe a little differently. Okay. What do I do about it? What, what, have, what am I going to do with what I've been given? So what are we going to do with what we've been given? What are the lessons that we're learning from here? And if I was here next week, then I would call on you. I'd get you to tell me what you've done with it. I'm not going to be here. You're off the hook. <laughs> so you can say whatever you want, and nobody's going to hold you accountable except you. So what, what are you going to do with it? What's the lesson that you learn tonight in your, for your own life that you can apply? And don't all of you speak at one time. I know you're just busting at the seam. You've got something important you need to say. You need to get it out there. Come on, come on, come on. So so let's make these I statements. Do you know what an I statement is? So let's make... Okay, so give me an example. Give me an example. Something real that, and I don't know your name, I apologize. Bob. Something Bob can do as a result of this... that's another message that i have that i won't don't have time to preach tonight but you know one of the things that i think that we don't do often enough is every morning pray lord put somebody in my path today that i can ask that i can share you with or share something about you with today and he will will. And that's the reason we often don't pray that, because we're scared (laughs) that he will (laughs) do what we ask him to. Okay, somebody else other than Bob. Bob was out there. I appreciate it, Bob. Thank you for priming the pump. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, So name it. Give me a name for something you think God has given you that you're going to be less afraid to use this week. I know it's public, and I apologize. you know I don't want to put you on the spot necessarily, but i I, I know you're you have something. That you're probably thinking about. Okay. Well think about it for a moment and then come back. But let's 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 be personal. Something now nobody's gonna want to talk, right? (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. So well, let me let, let me let me stop you so before you get too personal so, do you know somebody that needs some encouragement this week? So, this week you commit yourself that over the next seven days you will seek out that person and give them a word of encouragement. Is that is that what I'm hearing you say? And your name, Kathy. Kathy. I think you're in my wife's Sunday school class. So Sunday I may buttonhole you. <laughs> you were. You sat in front of me. <laughs> Somebody else. I'm not. I'm not trying to put you. I'm not. You know, just like Kathy, I'll let you off the hook. Uh, you know, where you get too personal, but you know, give me something. Okay. Do you have a particular thing in mind? Okay. So so when you're in the restaurant, this coming sun, uh, you know, whatever day you go into the restaurant, you're going to write, God bless you, on the ticket. But you're going to leave a $20 bill as well. <laughs> I've... I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, all too often we put the God bless you and we don't leave the tip. You thought of something? Still working on it? (laughs) I know, I know, and I'm not letting anybody be general, am I? (laughs) That's probably why I don't teach Sunday school class. They don't. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Your (laughs) penitence, the Bible app, or whatever. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Again, I'm not. So you can say I don't want to talk about this. Did you go to him because you felt guilty? No. Okay. Did you go to him because you thought you were supposed to? Or did you go to them be him because that was a, a prompting of the Lord? Of okay. The so, So now has the, the Spirit stopped prompting you? I'm, going, I'm sorry, now I'm meddling, right? I'll stop. Okay. So, so maybe in another track, a different way, as opposed to giving him a track or giving him a Bible app, maybe some other. Uh, you know, part of, part of our problem with and, and you know this has all devolved down into sharing the gospel which we all think that's what we're supposed to we're supposed to do. My personal opinion is that as we that that you know the the Matthew uh, 28, twenty eight nineteen and twenty is Jesus is saying as you're walking through life And as the normal rhythms of your life happen, you'll run into people, particularly if you have prayed and are open to that, and along the way, you're going to be able to say something or do something or be somebody, and that's going to open up the opportunity to have a spiritual conversation. But we zero in on the spiritual conversation without the being, without the doing, and without the prayer, without all the other things that I mentioned before. And without the rhythms of life. You know, we go out and buttonhole somebody. What I'm suggesting is that the master sent these guys out to, to work. He sent them out to their jobs and while they were engaged in their work he had them be productive in his kingdom and that meant that he was they were just being and along the way they said God open up the opportunity for me to show how important you've been in my life and so maybe rather than saying you, maybe an I statement, I. did that how it ended? No, how it ended was is that I'm You you said you said I'm convinced that you can know. Yes. Okay. That's whole, I know and that's what she told him. So let me close by giving you some comments about this last question. The first question was, what does the Scripture say? The second question is, what does it say to me? I think the Bible still speaks to us today. And I think God uses his word to speak to us. And then what am I supposed to do about it? If, he said, if he's given me a message, if he's said something specifically to me, what am I supposed to do about Whatever it is that he's told me in that scripture verse. So, the first thing that I wrote down is evaluate who I am, what I'm doing. Am I doing, am I living, am I being the person that I'm being asked to be in this scripture verse? So, self introspection, self evaluation. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Second is, I need to recognize that there's risk and danger in following what God asks us to do. We live in a free country where we can pretty well do whatever we want without as long as we abide by certain laws, and we can even skirt those laws a little bit and not be held accountable. I've lived in countries that that wasn't true, where people had to hide their Bibles behind newsprint because Bibles were confiscated by the government. But even in this free society, there's a risk. There's, and particularly today, where you know we have all of this, it, it's it's. You know, we 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 often. People don't want to know our opinion; they want to know whether we agree with their opinion or not. You just say it that way. So there's a risk. But we need to know then how to do it so as to lessen that risk but not be totally, you know, frozen by that risk. Realize that God's going to say to us, even if we fail, He's going to say, you tried. You tried. And next time, I'm going to lift you up, brush you off, send you back, and next time you'll do it a little bit better, or whatever it is. You didn't learn whatever it is that you do professionally the first time you sat down at whatever it is that you do, did you? Theoretically, it takes 10,000 hours, at least that's what scientists tell us, for us to master whatever it is that we do. If you're a bricklayer, you need to have laid... <laughs> you need to have laid bricks for 10,000 hours in order to be able to, to become a master bricklayer. <laughs> My guess is that some of you are masters at something, at whatever it is that you've, you do. You're the best... In your building, you're the best in, your, in the field because you have worked at it. The master would like for you to be a master for him as well. And that means continuing to fail. I speak Spanish, and yes, and I do some interpreting. I'm a registered courtroom interpreter, and yesterday I was interpreting at the mental health center. One of the ladies said, I'd like to learn Spanish. And I said, you can. Spanish is one of the easiest languages to learn because it makes sense, as opposed to English, which doesn't make any sense. We have more exceptions than rules. I said, but in order to learn Spanish, or any other language, you have to be willing to fail. Just like a two-year-old, when they're first learning to speak, they babble something, and it may not make any sense, and everybody laughs, but guess what? They do it again, and again, and again, Until by the time they're five, they won't stop talking, will they? (laughs) I see a voice of experience here. (laughs) So, learn what God has for you to do. Work at it. Become a master at it. Because God has something for you. It's not just for the preacher. It's not just for some skilled person. Each one of us has something that we're supposed to do. And we need to be faithful. Whether it's be an encourager or to be a helper, to be a, a witness, whatever it is, God wants us to do it for him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your gift. and The fact that you've given each one of us your presence. And in your presence, you've also gifted us to be productive in your kingdom. Help us to know what that is for our life. And then help us to be able to do it for your kingdom and for your glory. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you.